This is not but for real. Not but for real. What's up, everybody? I'm Dave. I'm Jazzy. And welcome to your new favorite podcast, No But For Real. We are back. We back. We are back. Episode, uh, what's this, six? Don't know, because it's been too long and I don't <laughs> care. Uh, wow. <laughs> it's uh, been a little while. Um, yes, it has. Thank y'all for... Uh, longer, longer? Six weeks or longer. Um, thank y'all for being patient with us and uh, sticking with us. But to start things off, let's just talk about why we had to go away for a little bit. Talk about this. Let's go, talk go, about go it. Check out my reel on Instagram now. Um, yeah, nails. Please tell us. Yeah. All the details. All of them. Oh, we don't please. Have the kind of nope. Just. Well, don't I mean, leave nothing out. I I had jaw surgery. Um. It was uh, a journey. I don't recommend it. Um, I, I, I fell at work. Uh, I got dizzy off a of hookah, um, and I fainted. And honestly, I don't, I still, it's still a mystery on how I fainted and what I hit. I just woke up with a broken jaw and a busted chin, y'all. Like, that's literally what happened. Um, it's bizarre to even, it's bizarre to me, like, all of it. Like, how did I just break my jaw like that? That's crazy. Um, yeah, I found out that I had to get surgery, like, maybe that Monday or Tuesday after I broke my jaw. Um, I broke it on a Friday night at work. And uh, first time having surgery, they put me on anesthesia. It's my first time having anesthesia. I was scared I wasn't going to wake up. I don't know. Um, woke up with a wired, you know, wired jaw. Um, I was wired for two weeks, couldn't eat. Um, and then I had, I had to go through another four-week journey of basically I had rubber bands. I could, I just had a soft food diet. It was, it was a mess, y'all. It was just a, it was a journey of like everything being taken away from me. I was actually thinking about that on my way here, like, this journey really made me like really well aware of like a lot of things going on in my life because everything that I used to kind of like cope, I would say, or kind of like not, uh, I guess, do the opposite of address my issues. Everything that I do to not address issues of mine, I was not able to do because of this jaw surgery. Um, I couldn't drink alcohol. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't eat, you know, eating. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but eating does something to me. That is a coping method for me. Like I feel good when I eat. I like to eat good and me not being able to eat good, me not being to go nowhere, me not being able to, I ain't gonna lie, drink some wine, this and that. that was eye opening because then I was just left with myself. You know what I'm saying? So I am very thankful for this journey um because of everything that it brought out you know and then just having the support system that I had like I became aware of that like oh now I know who have my back um so that it was a lot of great things that happened I don't want to sit up and act like it wasn't a journey that gave you know that brought good things to my life or made me aware of things that I need to fix about myself and things like that so it turned out to be an absolutely great thing to have gone through this journey but I still don't recommend it you know obviously if you have issues that you need to work out work it out don't don't have to go through this you know because it still was depressing to deal with not eating 
and all of these things. But yes, as far as how I fell and all of that, that was stupid. Um, I know people like I was looking it up, but people get jaw surgery just on the humble, just because they don't like how their face looks. I can't believe people voluntarily do this. Like that is n like I have no, I don't know. Maybe I just like food too much because that was it for me. Like I couldn't eat. Maybe. But I lost like you know, maybe. 13 pounds, and I really wanted to lose that 13 pounds. So, I mean, hey. A win's a win, you know? A win is a but win. I'm still technically not healed. Uh, that's a whole other story. I don't even know if my doctor care anymore about my jaw. He kind of just took my brace off and was like, yep, deuces, you can eat whatever you want. I still can't eat whatever I want, so I don't know what that was about. Yeah, UC don't really recommend them either, but, you know, that oh, might wow. be another story. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I remember, I'm still healing. I remember that faithful night. Got that whole text message. Hey, <laughs> broke my jaw. I'm in the hospital. Yes. Like, what? No, I didn't even know I broke my jaw when I text you. I just said I fell and I have to go to the, I have to go to the emergency to get stitches in my chin. Because right. I'm thinking it's just the stitches. And then I realized, like, okay, I'm a little swollen. I got a little list. My bite a little off. I'm like, dang, I got to tell the doctor this. They did a whole CT scan, came back, told me I had fractures. I'm thinking I'm still good. No, that's just a fancy word for saying you broke your jaw. Because we showed enough was supposed to record another episode that next morning. We Yes. And that, I was you like. You know what's crazy? That is the first thing I thought about when I thought, when I'm thinking, like, okay, there might be something wrong with me. The first thing I thought about is not being able to come in the studio. Listen, I was so like, listen, that was just, that was another thing. Things that's being taken away, just taken away. And I'm just like, <laughs> Lord, if you just wanted me to sit down, why can't you just say that? What is, um, what is the biggest lesson you learned during this process? Now that you're at the biggest the lesson I learned during this process is, mm -hmm. is realizing that there are certain things that I allow in my life that keeps me from address addressing real issues within myself. Um, sometimes you don't know that. Sometimes you, because, you you know, people can do things that are, quote, unquote, healthy, too. Like, we're not just talking about drinking and smoking and going out and doing all these things. It could be just being a workaholic or it could be whatever it is. There are things that we do to kind of, like, distract us from facing certain things that we don't want to face. So I think that's my biggest lesson is when everything was taken away from me, I had to really sit with myself. And when I really sat with myself with everything being taken away, I wasn't happy. So the biggest lesson I got from this was realizing that I am unhappy. Um, and there's and it's not really unhappy in the sense of, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it's a bad thing. Like I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I'm okay with not being okay. You know what I'm saying? And I'm okay with like, oh, I'm not okay. And I need to just fix it. And I need to just dig deeper and figure out what's going on, figure out things that make me happy, you know? Right. Um, so I think that's that's been my biggest lesson is just realizing like, okay, you know, it's time to really address what's going on. You know, what's keeping you from this next step in your life? What's keeping you from that woman that you want so badly to be? Um, and time to work on it, time to address it. So the things that yeah. was taken away, you know, even with the food thing, like people may not think that's a big deal, mm -hmm. but like liking food too much is it's gluttony. You know what I mean? So now I feel I see myself like I don't even care to eat like a lot. You know what I'm saying? Or eat a lot of or certain foods don't even 
I don't know how long that's going to last because just, this just happened. So hopefully it lasts a long time. But I don't even care to eat. Like, I'm okay with, like, eating healthy or eating smaller meals and things like that. Um, so I think that's even that. That's I, I'm grateful for that, just being able to, like, be more disciplined with my food because I'm so grateful to eat. I'm not really worried about eating cakes and pies and all of that stuff. Cakes so. and pies. <laughs> Hilarious. But well, yes, address your issues, guys. Address your issues. Listen, the biggest lesson here is don't smoke hookah. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it small amounts. Maybe, I wouldn't say you know, that just, just because, I mean, I overdid it. So that's I guess what I, I mean. Just yeah. do it in small doses. Is all I mean. Normally, people who smoke hookah don't smoke it by themselves and for hours and hours. Like, this was just a situation where I was at work. I was not busy at all, but all the other bartenders were. And so, no other bartenders was trying to smoke it, and normally that's the case. So, this time, since I was the only one that wasn't busy, I'm the only one just smoking it, not even thinking. I fell around 1 a.m. I probably got my hookah around 10. That's so, crazy. if we're going to put <laughs> two and two together here... I overdid it, and that's not something that is normal for me at all. So I wouldn't, I mean, obviously don't smoke it if you don't want to risk it, but it's not even me trying to do all of that. People are going to do what they do, but obviously it's possible to overdo it. It's possible to overdose on any, any drug. So obviously people know it's common sense not to overdo a drug. Obviously there's... There's a thing called you would think it's you would, you would think it's common sense. It's it's, it's not when you're distracted. Not. You're thinking like, dang, why I ain't making no money? You just smoking the hookah. Not I've learned thinking. I've learned sense ain't sense ain't that common. It's stupid. But it's all right, not, you're right. <laughs> all right. So that's why we had to go away for a little <laughs> while. Um, but we're glad Jazzy is okay. We're My glad. still broke, y'all. Just so y'all know. We're She's towards the tail end. If she yeah. wasn't, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, but we're glad Nails is good. Um, and so, yeah, it was dope to get to walk with her through this process. Um, and, yeah, just to see how great she's doing now. <laughs> we'll see. Ain't no we'll see. You are <laughs> so From the first week to now, you are a completely different person. Really? Yes. You've never said that, Dave. You just go. You just gonna say that on the podcast? <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it till now. So <laughs> it's true. Really, that's interesting. Yeah. In a bad way or in a good? No, way? your mindset is is completely different. Oh, you're wow. you're driven. You are. Sorry. You are. Um, I think this process has allowed you to wake up something inside yourself that was probably asleep for a little while. For sure. And so um, you are driven. You are focused. Um, and you aren't allowing, aren't allowing things to take that away from you. Um, and so, you know, like I said, I think you have grown in this process. You may not see it, but I do, and that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all that matters, huh? Yeah. I'm done. No, it's not like I don't see it. I guess 
I'm just a little hard on myself when it comes to certain decisions that's contradictory. I mean, I think we should give ourselves grace, absolutely. Um, but I, I have always said this. I am not a graceful person, not even to myself. Like, some people will probably think, like, okay, you're not graceful to me and, you know, feel a way about that. But it's like they don't know. I do it to myself. I'm not graceful to myself either, you know. So I'm super hard on myself when it comes to certain decisions, especially when I made a vow to myself to be a certain way and do this and not do this and and then I turn around and do something that's contradictory to that. It's like, whoo, that right there is, is a lot for me. Um, I don't even know why I said that. Why did I bring that up? Because I was talking about how you've grown. Oh, okay. And you do that thing you do. Oh, okay, yeah. And I was saying that, I, he was saying that I, don't, I may not feel like I've grown. I think I feel like, I guess I feel like I'm in that process. I don't feel like I've actually tapped all the way in. I just feel like I'm... I'm kind of touching the surface of that. But I guess that's a part of growth. I disagree, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I, yeah, okay. You see me differently, just, I guess. And that's, I mean, it's supposed to be like that, I think. Of course. I said that in the last episode that I do. So, <laughs> you so here we go. <laughs> Not much is changed in that area. True. All right. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Let's get burning. What's up? What's what's our first? I don't know. We forgot. get personal. Let's get personal. Let's get personal is so, our first segment. You know, we got to ask each other a personal question and we have to answer truthfully. You know. So let's say. No, we're going to sit here and lie. Because some people be cat, you know. Not me and you, obviously. But I don't know. We just have to make sure. So you and your significant. Oh, Lord. Why always got to be something? You and your significant other finish having sex. While you are washing up in the bathroom, you overhear them starting to masturbate. <laughs> what will be your response, Lord? So, let's backtrack <laughs> that is a here. a random question. Like, oh right after? Oh, wait. Yes, you're in the bathroom washing up. So, yeah, it's literally right after. Oh, well, if I didn't satisfy you, do your thing. <laughs> What is your response? Is that your response? My response is if I didn't get the job done and you need that, go for it. I got mine. I'm good. You wouldn't feel no way. No. I would if it was like if it's something you've never done. You just talked about telling the truth. Here's my thing. If it's something you've never done before, I would be like, what are you doing? So if it's normal, you would you would be like, oh, okay. If I'm not getting the job done, by all means, if that's what you need to do. Okay, what so am I, I going What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Just be like uh how about ask why you have to do that and try to be the person. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just it's like not, I mean, yeah, cuz you're saying, "Oh, I'm good." I w- I would be if I'm not satisfying you and you are like but so I got to do this. But so not to satisfy your partner. Of course it so is. So if you know you're not satisfying your partner, why would you But it would be why? a conversation. Of yes, course, yes. there's a whole step that I'm jumping over. Yes, you're stepping over. <laughs> you're not answering the question. <laughs> but my thing is, I am answering the question. You, I, what, the question is, what would be your response? My response yeah. would be, if it was like the first time, I would be like, what are you doing? And then it would probably lead to, I'm masturbating because you didn't satisfy me. So I'd be like, oh, okay, well, okay. hey, teach me how to satisfy you then. Okay. If I'm still not doing it because I ain't going to get done the first maybe few times, then if you need to do that, then do it. Like, you didn't – because I'm for sure getting mine, for sure. Oh, my God. But 
if That's you're not <laughs> I mean I am. Oh Lord. But if if you need to be the teacher, I'll be the student. I don't care. I ain't gonna sit here and pretend like You know, there's a very uh low percentage, I don't know what the what the percentage is or statistic of women having orgasms. Like it's not yeah. normal. So that's why I'm kind of like diving deeper into your response because you have to keep in mind that women having orgasms is not normal. So it does make sense if a woman doesn't get off and statistically right. during sex. Um, so that should I be heard, considered. I heard it's like a whole like mental thing for women too. Maybe like it is. If, if the temperature in the room ain't right... <laughs> I'm for real. Like, it's funny, but it's true. Like, if the temperature in the room ain't right, her mind, she just can't put her mind in the situation, like, of having sex and having an orgasm. Like, it's it's a bunch of things that play a factor into that. For men, it's different. It could be negative 10 outside. <laughs> we busting a nut. Like, we just, it's going to No facts. I definitely think way. just as a woman, you know... It <laughs> circumstances do play a role. It does. 100%. For women, it's mental. Men, it's just, let's just do what we got to do. Yeah. So we, I feel like me asking a man that question. Um, it's really about communication. Know, like, you should want to be the person that wants to satisfy Absolutely. Even, even knowing that it's hard and that circumstances are important and all those things. Absolutely. It's, it's really about communication with the person you're having sex with. Exactly. So if your partner is like, hey, I'm, uns- I'm not satisfied. I need to go do this. I understand. However, it will lead to a question of, okay, teach me how to satisfy you. But what if she can't teach you? Well, time to go see a sex therapist or something. Okay. Like, I don't... I like we, that. We need to find a solution here. Absolutely. <laughs> like... Something. <laughs> so, for me, as a woman... Yeah, you I answer the question. ...livid. Okay? <laughs> because what? Saw? Oh, man. That because be... what? <laughs> How is this possible? Like you said, there is no circumstances. There is no... So, like, what is going on? You know, like, that would be a problem. That First would... of all, it's not even really over until... That is so. That is funny. So you, you that is it? so funny to think about. <laughs> yeah, like what? You fake it. Like what is going on? Like now, I would be upset. Like you lied, because how how was the sex over? If you got to masturbate afterwards, sex was never over. You just stopped and decided to masturbate. So you wanted your hand over me. <laughs> yeah, that would be messed up. That is a problem. Now I have had. We would definitely have to have a conversation. I've had sex, and you know, she had an orgasm. I was still rock solid, and I was I was tired, and I was just like, "You good? All right, I'm done." <laughs> like, I ain't go jack off or nothing. I really went downstairs to get something. See, to eat. that's different. But I was just tired. If you like, just tired, you're just over it. Okay. Yeah, but I'm over. If you want like, to, you know, and you and I, I wasn't gonna because s- of this person, right? <laughs> and I wasn't gonna stop until she got hers. But okay. I was just like, "You good? Your leg shaking? I hit that. Great." <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm about to go. <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm hungry. It was oh, that's right. You do be hungry after it. <laughs> but she got hers though. I just did. Oh, that's right. But I, I wasn't going to. I'm not that type of dude either. It's just like 
masturbate afterwards. Masturbate. That is weird to me, though. It's disrespectful. I don't care. It's also weird to me. Also, here's my thing. And I'm a. Teach me how to. Here's my thing. If you are a a heterosexual male and you (laughs) go jack off after you have been inside of a woman. What's happening? You. There's a lot of things you need to. But I don't know if it's an orientation thing. No. Because I maybe don't know. the vagina just ain't hitting. <laughs> you know? That's possible. But that's it, what that's I'm saying. That's possible, like, too. But, if it, but what if it is? Don't just go and don't prefer your <clears throat> hand all over me. Like, that's, we don't have to talk about that. That's not going to work. Some people don't even use their hand. They got toys, <laughs> which is also, to me, it's a tad bit weird. I don't weird. think I've had this happen. Have you had this happen before? What? Like Somebody. they masturbated right after sex. No. I don't think this is a typical thing. This question is no. random. Like I don't think I don't feel like I've had this happen, but I have had uh a ex masturbate instead of initiating sex with me. <laughs> so I have had that happen. Which I guess wow. could kind of be in the same vicinity. But I think it's because I don't know. I'm not a real I like think, I'm not a big sexual person. So now I I know that kind of comes out. I know <laughs> some people um, some men, it is known to masturbate before you have sex, so you last longer. See, that's stupid. You don't. The do next time around. But I've said before, I ain't trying to go that long. So, <laughs> cause why? Why do people like long sex? That is so weird to me. Oh my god. I got stuff to we do. Can talk about this forever, honestly. I got, I got a lot of questions. <laughs> Talk about it. Shoot. No, we'll save it. But it's just like we'll add this as a topic. <laughs> it's just like I mean, long sex is no. get tired. Like, exactly. Get it also depends and... on the night. Like if I got to get up in the morning, I ain't trying to. No, forty-five minutes. Who does that? People. Other than porn stars, man, and they don't even go that long. They shouldn't, cause it's like I feel like you shouldn't be in the last that long. That's how I look at it. You probably How need to go get checked out. to not, you know, finish mm-hmm. Unless you an took hour. a pill, something. Yeah, like, or something like that. But, it, like, you in your natural state, I'm not going for the hour. That means no. I ain't doing what I'm supposed to do. Because <laughs> I, I would, I'm serious. <laughs> I, would, I would be going, but then I'll be asking questions like, look, are you close? You not done? Because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> like. I'm wor- I'm sweating. Yes. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> it is. It is. But that is <sighs> our let's get personal segment. <laughs> yeah, that was a kind of real personal. Very. All right. So today we talking about what are we talking about? One of everybody's favorite topics, you know, going around standards and expectations. Ooh, and this baby. can kind of go so many different ways. So I think we'll see how this conversation goes. Um, but I mean, why do I want to talk about standards and expectations? One, there's a lot of things I feel like needs to be addressed as far as standards and expectations. Where are they coming from? What are your standards? Um, can you even handle your standards? That's another question. You know, sometimes we'll have standards like, but once you get it, it's like, oh, it's kind of a lot. Um, so that's why I want to talk about it. Cause it's like, I, I don't think a lot of people put a lot of thought into their standards and expectations or they mm. don't even, dif- you know, differentiate the two. So I have definitions here. Go for so, it. So standards is an idea or theme used as a measure or norm or model in comparative evaluations. Okay. 
Then you have st- expectations, which is a strong belief that something will happen. Mm-hmm. So seems like standards is kind of based on what's normal. Um, that's what like a standard is, like what's normal. Um, but I think the way we look at it is kind of like what we what we want hmm. out of somebody or what we want right. for us or whatever. And then I feel like expectations is kind of like the result of that. Like, um, I expect this because this is what I want. Um, but I think sometimes there's a miss, there's a skip step with people. Um, they'll have expectations without the standard or without the standard being addressed or without the standard being um, discussed will just walk in with expectations instead of setting standards and then having expectations after that. Can, so that's why I wanted to kind of make the definitions. Can you have expectations without standards, though? I don't think so. That, that's the question. Like, there's a... I think, but I think there's levels do. to this. Like, But I think... And, and, and when I say standards, I feel like it's not a... Re- like, when it... Okay, when it comes to... Even when it comes to not non-relationships or just you and yourself, I feel like they have to be... There has to be a some type of discussion about it or some type right. of set. Like, you have to set the standards. Right. Um, and I don't feel like people do that all the time or there's just these unwritten expectations without the setting of the standard. Um, so, yeah, that's why, I, like I said, I wanted to make those definitions clear because it's like we have we have to set the standards before we can make the expectations. But... Okay, so what? my question is, what are your standards? Oh, that's where I was about to go. So he, look, Dave, no. I be um, knowing, and I don't even do research. I just be knowing. <laughs> that's exactly where mm. I was about to go. See, and I was thinking about this uh, on my way down here. Um, I don't have specific... My only standards uh, are wrapped around, I feel like, morals, um, values. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, like... I don't have, like, superficial standards. Like, oh, he has to be this tall. He has to make this money, and... He has to, you know, have these things. I don't have material standards. I don't have external standards. I have internal standards. And I feel like your internal is going to take care of your external. So I don't really have to worry so much about the external things. I think people do the opposite, you know, like, oh, I, I like the external. And then the internal's all jacked up. And then mm-hmm. they have to go back and, re- you know. Um, so me, morals, sta- uh, my morals, values, you know, being, wanting monogamy coming into the relationship, um, because I had a conversation with a guy before, and he was like, well, I feel like you would make me want to get married. Mm, I don't want that. I don't want to make a man want to get married. I want you to want to get married before we even have a con- I want that to be a part of your personality. That doesn't even logically make sense, but go ahead. It doesn't logically make sense for somebody to... to no. Either you want to or not. Nobody can make you do anything. You know, and I feel that way too, but I guess... I guess the way I, I understood the way he was looking at it in the sense of like, because men don't talk about that all the time. Like they'll say, well, you know, I was this and I was out here and I was this and I was that until I met my wife. Yeah, that's then I that. became a completely different person. And, and that's cool. That's great. You know, um, for me, if that happens, I feel like I, it would happen on accident. But for me, I feel like if we go on a date and you don't want marriage, I'm just, you're checked off the list. You're not somebody that I'm going to take seriously. If we end up forming a friendship and being together after that, okay. But I am not considering you as somebody that I would date unless you come into the relationship wanting monogamy. Because, you know, that I feel like that's a problem in our, like, culture. Right. I feel like a lot of people don't really want monogamy, but they are like, 
not want you to be out here. So they'll, you know, play along like they want monogamy just to keep you around. Um, and it's just like, if you don't want it, you, why, why are you trying to find, why are you finding somebody that wants monogamy when you know you don't want monogamy? So I just feel like that's a big deal for me because you'll have like quote unquote good men who really don't, don't want to be monogamous. Right. And it's like, it's okay. That's you. Um, just, Stay over there, you know? So that's a big standard for me that I realized, like, especially after my last relationship, I'm like, you know, that has to be something you desire prior to even knowing me, getting to know me, wanting to be with me. Right. You need to want that. You need to desire that. You need to desire being a husband. You need to desire being monogamous. Um, if you don't, then I don't think this is going to work. Um, and then, like I said, as far as morals, you know, um, having a religious base, being for me being christian um just because i i need the foundation of right or wrong on top of other things you know but the foundation of right or wrong is very important to me if we can't go back and decide like okay this is right because of this and we collectively understand that this is how we base right or wrong it's that that can cause issues that can cause a lot of issues you know because it's like you don't think something is wrong and i think something is wrong and it's just like that doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. So I just feel like I have to have the, mm -hmm. everything about my standards is about the foundation part. Everything else, I feel like it's negotiable. Like we don't have to agree on everything. The only things we have to agree on are the, the, the things that this, this relationship stands on. That's it. Other than that, it don't matter. Um, so like I said, just. So yo, those were two. So what was the first one? The first one was being wanting, desiring monogamy mm -hmm. prior to knowing me. The second, one. Um, the second one is having a Christian belief yeah. of right or wrong, a moral moral standard of right and wrong. For me, Christian belief, I guess for everybody else, be different, right? Um, and then I feel like that kind of that kind of takes care of a lot of things. Like I can go into honesty, and I can go give into me three more top five. Honesty. Mm -hmm. um, uh, let's see. Perseverance. <laughs> That's kind of weird, right? I don't know what other word to say. But uh, yeah. you have to, we talked about this when love and success, you have to want it so badly that you would take the time to figure it out. So that's what I mean by perseverance. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you treat it like you want anything else. You know, right. if you say you want me, I want to be treated like you the other thing that you want that you went after. I want to be treated just like that because why wouldn't I? That doesn't make sense. You know, you can't say you want something, but then you showing it different ways. That's that to me, how can you say you want it when you really want this, but you don't really want this as much? Like, come on. So mm. perseverance, honesty. You got one more. Uh, trying to think. What else? Um... I guess openness, openness in a sense of. Would that be a standard or expectation on, in honesty? Because openness is, diff, is, a, is it, I guess, sometimes I don't know the word for what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. I'm going to describe what I mean. So when I say openness, I mean like be your ability to learn, your ability mm, to yeah. like see, like I can have my own way of thinking. But, like, after a conversation with Dave, I can have a different way of thinking. That's me. Right. I like my partner to be like that, too. I don't want to be able to – I don't want to talk to my partner and he's just 
oh, I would never ever believe that. And it's all right. this evidence that, you know, it's like, at least let's be able to have a conversation about it. Let's have, be able to have a conversation. So I guess that's probably one of communication, being able to have a conversation, being able yeah. to talk, being able to grow, being able to build. That's probably number one. The fact that I thought about that last is crazy, but that is number one for me. Communication, 100%. Your ability to communicate. And it's not even your ability to communicate. It's your, if you can't communicate, your ability to want to learn. It, mm -hmm. uh, it's always a process that we can, we can take. There's always, and that goes back to the perseverance. They're, they all kind of link together. You know, um, there's always a way to figure things out. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I... I think I covered it. <laughs> right. I don't have expectations. Of, oh, we got to dress a certain way. You got to make it certain. I don't got that. Now, that used to be me. Yeah, long, I remember we talked about this. We must have had a question like this before. Long time ago. Um, but as I've gotten older, um, I wouldn't say my standards have lowered. I'm very specific about the standards that I am. So my first one um, is you have to have a relationship with the Lord or a working relationship with the Lord ain't got to be perfect because nobody's is. Right. But what I'm saying is um, the standard is you believe in Jesus and you believe he died for your sins, all of that. Um, the second one, and I these next three, <clears throat> every man has this standard. God. They will not communicate it, but every man has the standard. The first one, the second one for me is respect. That is the, it's like real close to number one. Cause this is, these next three things every man needs. So the second one is respect. Um, meaning the expectation is you're not gonna talk to me any other way. You're not gonna, if I say, hey, I don't like when you do this cause it makes me feel this type of way. And you still do it, you disrespectful. Um, so yeah, that's just one expectation out of that. The third one is support. Meaning if, if I have like this dream, this goal, everybody has them. And your first thing, hey, everybody. true. <laughs> the first thing you do is feel like you have to critique me on my dream and goal. Hmm. Because I had these dreams and goals before you even came into the picture. So to think that I ha you have to control what my dreams and goals are, you're already out of line. You're out of pocket. But, and you make it also, if you make it about you, like, now I have a problem with that. Because if you are in my life and we are doing this thing called life together, my dreams and goals include you. My wins are your wins. So push me to go after my dreams and goals. Now, of course, every woman wants security. Absolutely. So if I present to you my dreams and goals and I give you a plan of how it's going to work, back me up. Ask your questions. Absolutely. I don't question me on everything because that makes me better. It makes me more clear on what I want. However, if I give you a clear answer, don't try to hold me back because you're afraid. Great. Um, the fourth one. Every man needs sex. 
Every man. Absolutely. Um, sex is a good thing. <laughs> sex is a great thing. Every man needs I'm it. I'm so childish. So why do I laugh? Because <laughs> something's wrong with you. Um, because it's funny. Um, but it's I not. think, not I think, God created sex for men to need it. For me personally, sex, I'll put it this way. Busting a nut, I don't for some reason, it just puts me in a clear headspace. It's, I, the endorphins are released. I can think more clearly. There's more to it that I can go into, but I'm not. But that's just one of the perks of having sex. Um, and also sex, especially in marriage, because I believe sex and marriage, well, the Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled. So if you are married to someone and you have sex and you are building a healthy sex life, great. Every person needs that. Um, and I think the fifth one, hmm, I would say openness too. Openness. You got to want to grow. My whole thing is, though, have grace for yourself. Everybody ain't going to get it right all the time. You're not going to get it right all the time. Um, I'm going to add a number six because, woo, I've learned this the hard way. <laughs> know what you want and stick to it. Like, if you really want something, you'll go after it. You'll stop making excuses for it. Like, I want, I want this. I want to pursue this relationship. And then pursue it. But I can't because, you know, ABC. So what? If, if this person is in your life and you know that they are here for a specific reason and you want to grow with this person, you want this person in your life for the rest of your life, that person will help you get to this place. If not, what are they there for? Why are they there? But I've said this so before and I'll say like, it again. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the days of making excuses for you being where you are. Like, you can't blame everybody else. You can't blame it on A, B, C, and D. Blame it on your past gets old at some point. It's just like, okay, you went through it. But now what? Right. For how, sure. How long are you going to be beating yourself up? Yeah. Because it's like, cool, have your emotional moment. You are entitled to that. But you are also entitled to making yourself better and putting in the work. Absolutely. So if you want to be better emotionally, mentally, spiritually, put in the work. Stop making excuses. Like, if you want to grow spiritually, spend time with God. Make time in your day to do it. Stop making excuses like, oh, my schedule is so busy. No, it's not. It's busy because you want it to be busy. For sure. So it's not a priority. Yes, for sure. So it's like, but go ahead. You was going to ask a question. Um, thank you for that. I feel like I needed to hear that. Um, but I wanted to ask um, a lot of the things that you said. So the, okay, the respect, the support, mm -hmm. um, the openness. Well, not really the openness. I don't know. Do you feel like these are 
non-negotiables, meaning like, do they have to come into the relationship with that mindset already? Or is this something that can be worked on? Because me, I feel like when I, my standards was more so based on things that you normally wouldn't be able to change about a person, you know, their morals and their values and things like that. Yeah. I feel like everything else is something you can work on because I, I can say something like, yeah, I want support, but what support looks like to me may not be what support looks like to right. my partner. Right. So that all gets worked out as long as the willingness to work it out is there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I guess the question for you is with the things that you were naming is these non-negotiables, meaning like they need to come into the relationship ready to be ready to grow, knowing what they want, you know, knowing, you know, having a schedule or how to go about it and all of these things, no. or is these more so things that you want, but you're willing to work toward and you want your partner to want to work toward them as well. You have to have a willingness to come and put in the work. So, I'm not saying you got to have it all together. I don't think any person comes into a relationship completely whole ever because reflection relationships, especially romantic. Well, what is your definition of whole real quick? Sorry to interject, but I just want to make sure. Um, believing. So wholeness to me is an internal thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've struggled with a lot of things in my life. Um, like, being a product of divorced parents had an effect on me. Okay. So it caused me to run away from relationships rather than um, building relationships with people because I never, once conflict came up, my go-to is to just run and cut people off and you never hear from me again. That's not healthy. So I had to do the work to be sure, you know, am I cultivating healthy relationships in a way where if something comes up, like if we disagree or if we are in conflict, work on communicating how you feel. Work right. on communicating, you know, in general. or And work on, like, trying to, if this relationship is important to you, like you say it is, build on it. You have to build on these things. So, um, Your definition of whole. So my definition of whole is not letting your past or certain traumas affect how you move now. So, but however, some people don't know that their traumas still affect them until you're in relationships. Absolutely they don't. So, <laughs> because here's what I've learned, especially the difference in dating and the difference in being in a committed relationship. In dating, you will always see who the other person is and who they allow you to see. Mm-hmm. And committed relationships, committed romantic relationships especially, will always show you who you are. And it will always show you what you need to work on. Yes. So if you went in a committed relationship, you will see like, oh, I have an issue, you know, with running away. Why is that? Right. What, why is that a thing? Or um, why is it that every time I get in a committed relationship, I get scared and I push people away? What is that about? Like, why am I, what is, you've acknowledged the thing, 
But let's not stop there. Let's get to the next step. Okay, why? Let's get to the foundation of it all. So wholeness is when you get to the foundation of a thing and you can handle the foundation of a thing and tackle it head on Mm -hmm. and have the hard conversations and do that inner work. That way, once you start building on a solid foundation, it's more firm. Mm -hmm. But like I said, some people... Not some people. Everybody goes through things in life where you will meet people that will cause you to go back to who you used to be and back to things that you dealt with where you have to tackle this thing. You have to acknowledge these things head on and be honest with yourself. Like, this happened and it's causing A, B, C, and D to go out of control. So you, you can either deal with it or you can run. And you're going to get tired of running at some point. You think there's a such thing as being all the way healed? You're done healing. Um, yeah, I do. Because, and I, I'll put it this way. If you, let's say you cut yourself, you know, those cuts are going to heal. Now, if it can happen externally, why can't it happen internally? For I'll, 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 I'll give this example. My dad and I, our relationship was terrible. It was transactional. Mm-hmm. And what about those relationships? And I never wanted that. Yeah. But it was just like, well, if I give you some money, we'll be cool. And it's just like, I don't care about none of that. I want a relationship with my father. But we had to dig deep to get to the root of the issue. And and so I had to stop blaming the fact that my parents got divorced, that my father and I's relationship was so bad that my relationships, when I got older, stopped working. Like, okay, yeah, it was bad, but cool. Dad, let's have a conversation. What's going on? You know, and so now I'm happy to say my dad and our relationship is dope. We can talk about anything. We can hang out. Um, I was just at his house the other day and we was just kicking it like and um, it was just me and him. And so. And so, yeah, I'm I've been completely healed from that past trauma of being mad at my dad for not being there. But you. What comes with that, he apologized, I apologized, he forgave me, I forgave him. But once you forgive someone, you can't hold a grudge. For sure. But you also can't hold them to this standard of you have to be perfect now. Because every relationship is going to have its setbacks. And if it's worth it, you will put in the work to make it better. If you really want it. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm looking at um, certain extremities that would kind of hinder healing being ever done. So a death in the family, mm-hmm. um, sexual trauma, molestation, mm-hmm. rape. Um, these things, I don't know if they ever go away. <laughs> um, I, I see it firsthand that I, I don't believe the the what how losing someone that you love 
how that affects you. I've, I have friends who have lost parents um, mm-hmm. and I don't see them not ever having uh some unhealed action from that. I don't know if it's yeah. a he- it's, it's, if it's a healing journey uh, when you have a death in the family. I don't know if there's a such thing. Maybe um, there's more so like uh, a coping thing. Well, everybody copes different. No, for sure. And I, based on my own experience, I think you can be healed from a death in the family because I lost my brother. Um, when I was ooh, 11, 12, um, my brother died when he was 19. Uh, his name was Joseph. And uh, Joe died in a motorcycle accident. I remember the day literally like it was yesterday because I was, I was just with him that weekend, that past weekend. He died that Monday and so or that Sunday night. So we were together Saturday, spent the whole day together. That Sunday night, he passed um, in a motorcycle accident. So we were over somebody's house. And um, I remember my friend's mom was on the phone. And I could hear her, like, sad. And um, and she was saying, like, I'm so sorry. Because I had just walked out the bathroom. And out of the bathroom, you go right into the kitchen. And um, I heard her on the phone apologizing. So she called us. She was like, hey, we're going to take y'all home. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, but in my head, I'm like, something's not right. So we get home, and um, my dad, my mom was like, hey, um, call your dad. And so uh, I called my dad. My sister was on the cordless phone. This was back when people still had landlines, too. <laughs> I know for all you Gen Zers, <laughs> Shut y'all up. don't know nothing about that. <laughs> um, Gen Zers. Y'all don't even know n- nothing about a cordless phone. You had to put it on the okay, on the stand on the charger, on the the charger. right? <laughs> we thought we was doing something with that too. <laughs> and so I went in the kitchen um, on the landline phone. Called my dad. He was like, "Are you sitting down?" I wasn't. I lied. I was like, "Yeah," but I just right, wanted him to get, get to, to the it. point exactly. <laughs> um, and he told us that um, my brother was in a motorcycle accident and he died last night. And I remember getting off the phone. I didn't cry when he told me. We got off the phone. I walked in the living room, and I just sat on the couch. And I processed for a little bit and just broke. Like, I mean, broke. Crying. I cried for the rest of the day, the next day. Um, And I can say with grief, you don't put a time on grief, and you can't put a time on healing from grief. Because that spot that they held in your heart is going to be gone forever um, as far as a physical sense because you're not seeing them. The only thing you have is your memories and things. And so I can say for me, I've healed in as far as the fact of hurting at the fact that he left and also hurting at the fact that how he left. Cause that's what also really got me. Like he died tragically. It wasn't like he died in his sleep. It wasn't a peaceful thing. And um, I also say like, I healed from not forgiving him 
because I was angry with him. Just like, why were you speeding on the motorcycle? You know, why, why didn't I get the opportunity to say goodbye, you know? So once I for, went through those steps of forgiving my brother um, and, you know, it took years. I think he passed when I was like 11. I wasn't really fully healed, probably till I was about 19, 20. Um, so fully healed. Um, I guess I guess there's like different aspects of healing. Um, because I know me, like if I think about my healing journey, um, I think sometimes I focus on I focus on the mental, mm -hmm. but I use my actions to kind of train my mental a little bit. And I, I feel like it's an ongoing like thing. Right. And I feel like, and, and you know, this, I'm sure it's not true for everyone, but I feel like for a lot of people, especially when it comes to losing certain people in their life, that might be something they have to continue doing forever. You know, like, yeah. oh, in my mind, I'm hurt, I'm down, I'm sad, but I can't keep waking up like that. Or I can't keep, but even though mentally, I want to just lay in bed all day because I'm thinking yeah. about my mother that just passed away. Absolutely. I mean, but I got to get up and go. I got to get up and do this. So when I say, yeah. is it possible to heal from certain things? I don't mean, okay, you're doing everything you're supposed to do. You're still showing up for yourself. You're still doing that. But are you mentally, are you, are you still battling with it? You so know what I'm saying? I would say healing takes work and I don't think the work stops. Um, and I guess that's what I was kind of trying to say too. Yeah. I don't think the work stops, especially um, depending on the level of pain. Right. Um, exactly. I think, though, when when I say healed, you're not using what what the trauma is for certain things not happening. So let's say, um, you know, my parents' divorce made me upset. Mm -hmm. Um I have to stop using divorce as a as a reason to not want to go after marriage. Right. So, but I had to heal from that. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that you stop the work of, you know, going after that thing. You just stop using that thing, that other thing, as an excuse to not go after the other you thing. Externalize the the issue in a better mm -hmm. way. Cause healing, um, I guess my perspective of that is sometimes, and it may not be true for everyone, mm -hmm. but I think you can externalize it all day and do exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I know that in my mind, you know, um, this is probably not the right thing to do, so I'm going to do the other thing. But I had right. to go through that process first. Mm -hmm. And that process of me having to tell myself, Jazzy, that's not right. You, you're, you, this is a traumatic response. Do this instead. Right. That is a, a sign of not being healed to me. And yeah. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to not be healed. But I think, I guess my point is there are some things that, you know, that that's going to be, is going to be like that probably for a long time or probably forever, depending on what, again, the pain is. Um, and I, I guess it, it probably varies from person to person. So I don't know. I just think it's an interesting point to, um, 
have conversations because, you know, that's a big trend now, you know, being healed, being healed, being healed. It's almost being like overused. Um, you know, everybody's talking about being healed, but there are sometimes, you know, you're, you're dealing with someone that has baggage that may not be able to get rid of it. Um, and I'm not saying that they're going to, it's okay for them to treat you badly and things like that. But I feel like knowing that a person is going through something, um, and understanding that it may be something they always go through, um, I think that's just an important thing to point out when we're talking about healing well, and coming to a relationship whole or not whole. Um, some people lost parts of themselves that they are trying to get back, and it's like an ongoing journey. You know, there are some people that believe, oh, I would never be fully happy, but I'm going to die trying. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to always want this. I'm going to always want that. It's like sometimes I feel like life is just this constant battle to be a certain way or heal a certain way. But is it really, is it always going to get to a point where you're like, all right, I'm good? Um, or is it a, a constant battle? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's, it's a toss-up. I feel like it's, for some things, I feel like it's a 100%, it's a constant battle. And for some things, it, it might be just well, yeah. you needing to. But I think, I, I want to be careful to say that, you know, healing is a trend. Healing is, is. You will only be healed if you want to be healed. I'll put it that way. Um, I some, guess I mean just the topic of talking about healing is a trend. Got you. Not really um, people healing but is a trend. I want to say this too. It depends on how much you want to be free from a thing. Because a lot of people want to stay connected to their past. And if that's you, great. For some people though, being connected to your past means you will never reach your full potential and never reach your future simply because you're still holding on to past stuff. Yeah. And you should want to be free from that. For sure. You should want to live your best life. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Nothing worth having comes easy. And so... It's, it's really about what your intentions are. Do you really want to be free? Do you really want to be healed? Great. Put in the work to do it. Go see a therapist. Put in that work. At the end of the day, put in that work. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody. And I've... I've is the work controlling your mental or is the work controlling your doings and, your, and the, the external doings is it is it possible to completely control your thoughts and the thing where your mind goes um or is the work where you let your mind so influence you to do or not do so i'll put it this way can you control your thoughts yes but do you have control where you let your thoughts take you? Absolutely. So you think you can control your thoughts? Yeah. But it's like, okay, if, if if I'm thinking about this one thing, cool. Do I have to act on my thoughts? No, I don't. Well, that's so the question is, do you think you can control your thoughts? If you can't control your thoughts, if you if you have the thought, my thing is this, it's kind of, what is it called? It's kind of like a redundant question. 
Because mm-hmm. if I'm saying, if I'm asking you, do you think you can control your thoughts? That's automatically saying we can't control our thoughts. Because why would we need to control them? Why would there need to be a sense of control if we can control them? <laughs> yeah. Why would we need to have a conversation about controlling our thoughts if we can control? If we can control our thoughts, we wouldn't have a conversation about controlling our thoughts. Some I feel like things just. I don't know. This is a conversation. I'm not saying I'm an expert. But I just think that thoughts just happen. Feelings happen. They occur. Mm-hmm. What you decide to do with those feelings, like you were saying, you 100% can control. 100%. So I guess when we're talking about healing, are we talking about how you control your thoughts or your ability to control your thoughts? I guess um, that's where I'm going with it. And I, in my perspective, I think it's your ability to yeah. how, they, how your thoughts influence your behaviors. It's not really you controlling your thoughts. Um, I think, you know, and, I, and there is self-help books out there that talks about emotional intelligence and how you can feed yourself positive thoughts and things like that. But my thing is, if I have to feed myself positive thoughts, what are the thoughts there that I'm trying to cover up? That well, let me tells ask you, me right there that, that, that we lack control. Let me ask you this. Why do you think it's easier to have those negative thoughts than positive thoughts? Um, I don't think, I don't think it's easier. I just think it's easier for some, some people. I don't think it's easier for everybody. I think people grow up with positive thinking. People grow up around positive thinking. People grow up around that. Um, I think your environment is, is kind of how your brain process. I'm pretty sure there are studies out there about environment and the functions of your brain and how your brain functions and how your brain thinks and your environment, I think, plays a role. You know, they talk about that. Successful well, people yeah. talk about that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you want to be successful, get around successful people. Why do you think they say that? There are scientific studies that that corroborate that. Right. You need certain environments for your brain to function. So I don't think it's not easy. I think it's not easy for people who didn't grow up in environments where positivity was a thing. And then, yes, I'm trying to unlearn and relearn. So, so why do I think that is hard or if I think it's hard I think it's your environment I think it's what you grew up on um, what you were conditioned to think or feel um, because I mean I think that I don't think we're born negative we're not born thinking negative I think somebody said something about that like babies they don't they don't think they can't do stuff they trying everything they they trying to walk Mm -hmm. they trying to do knowing they can't walk we grow up as adults and we become this person where we're like, oh, I don't think I can do this or I don't think I can do that. Right. It's taught to us. Mm-hmm. So now we have to teach ourselves to do the opposite. I so, agree. yeah. All right. What do you think? Agree. What do oh, I agree. think? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we, we, we kind of cover healing. I, and I don't want to go too depth in it because I'm pretty sure that's a topic. We're going to talk about trauma. We're going to talk about healing and trauma and all of that and how that plays in relationships. And, right. um, so I don't want to, we don't need to dig too, you know, too deep into it, but that should be a standard and an expectation to at least want that for yourself. Right. right. You know, um, for at least for me and for Dave, we, you need to come kind of being a little self-aware and, you know, yeah. now it's time for the next step, but it's self-awareness. Yeah. Come, I'm not, you don't have to come completely whole, completely healed. You, Honestly, I think you need you need people to get through that process. You're not gonna get through that process alone. You're not. Um, however, 
you do need to come self-aware of like, I got issues and I'm trying to work through them. And if you in my life, I hope you are here to help me work through these issues. If you're not, why are you here? Right. What's the point? What is the point? What is the point of life without your issues? Honestly, um, well, that's like the best part of issues. life. Like when you think about it, like even if I, when I get down on myself about my problems, like it's like, what would I be doing if I didn't have them though? Like if I have nothing to work on, like life will suck for real. Like it sucks to work on your problems, but it also sucks to like life will always to not to not have something to grow from. To not have accomplishments, like accomplishments that's external, like that's great. But internal accomplishments, listen, that takes care of the external. What's one of what's one of your internal things like that you are like constantly like struggling with or battling with and you like, I gotta get through this? Confidence. Confidence is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I fake it a lot. Uh, because I have to. I mean, I can't be out here just sad and all of that you know and I remember I would never forget an interview with Rihanna and they was talking to her about that or whatever that's like what do you do when you don't feel like it and what do you do when you're just down and you're not motivated and she said I pretend I'm like I know that's right Mm -hmm. because you kind of have to practice and I we talked about that in uh, previous episodes like sometimes when we, we talk about you know healing or we talk about working on yourself and like what does that look like for me that looks like practice if I want to be confident, I have to practice being confident. I'm yeah. not just going to be like, oh, I'm going to read this book and hope I'm confident after that. No, it comes with the practice of the actions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What, what was the question? Did I answer the question? What is something you battle with internally? Oh, yeah. Definitely confidence. I think for me, it could be confidence. But I really battle with... Um, uh, uh, questioning my abilities like i always ask myself if i'm good enough competence then that's what that is like you know like am i good enough to do this you know and the question is always yes the answer (laughs) is always yes like i i I always like answer the question i ask myself like absolutely um are my abilities good enough yes which makes me confident because I wasn't always this way. I used to be the Debbie Downer. I used to be the negative person. And after you go through some stuff, also I stopped caring what people think. Like, you ain't got to like me. You ain't got to work with me. You definitely gonna respect me. However, I am who I am. And I'm gonna keep growing. If you don't like it, God bless you and your sweetheart and move on. But at the end of the day, do I always believe in myself? No. But okay, I would say a good 70% of myself is like, no, nah, nigga, you a beast. You For absolutely sure. are. And it's because you practice it, right? Oh, yeah, I absolutely had to. You practice being a beast. And I'm not even, I wouldn't even say I'm a beast to anybody. But in my head, when I walk into a room, I'm better than everybody in here. <laughs> For sure. I'm working on that, honey. I'm listen, I be in there like, oh, do I belong in this room? <laughs> that's how I, that's how I be in my head. But but to me, I had to learn, um, if you're in the room, act like you're supposed to be there. Absolutely. Like just one thing you would never see me do. I will talk to any even as an introvert, like I have to shut the introvert off. Yes. 
I to <laughs> when I walk I into a room, mm-hmm. it's it's turned on. Like you're not gonna talk down to me. You're not gonna look down. And to that's me. so interesting, Dave, because we're opposites. Like your extrovert gets turned on, um, and like my introverts get gets turned on in those situations uh, because of my lack of confidence. I'm not able to. You shrink. Uh, yeah. You know, put myself out there as much. Um, so, yeah, I think that's interesting. Like, you know, we talk about being introverts and extroverts, but don't get it twisted. There's still an introvert in me. Yeah. And there's extrovert It depends in me. on the, the situation. Like, if we at an event, absolutely. I'm, the extrovert is out. <laughs> and I'm, I'm networking. If there's anything I'm good at, it's networking. Like, I that's, I, great. that's great. I can... Cause I I believe I do believe in myself so much to the point I can make you believe in me. That's what it I is. may not even I may not get you to believe in what I'm trying to sell, but I don't need to do that. Believe in me, and I will go from there. Right. Because you will always people will always uh, invest in you before they invest in anything you got to offer. As, of course. So. Yeah. Yes. So that, that's, that's, listen, we kind of dabbed a little deep, you know, that wasn't really As always. We was trying to go, but hey, it, it worked. So we're going to a little lighter note. I do want to bring this up. It's not, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about uh, the standard of beauty. <laughs> I want to talk about that because oh, it's Lord. an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Help us, Jesus. How people view beauty, like. And it's not even how people view beauty. It's like, where do you think it came from of how we view beauty? So, like, I had a conversation, an example. I had Ooh. a conversation with uh, just a friend back in the day. I don't even remember. But um, he, he only liked light-skinned women. He was only attracted to light-skinned women. And for me, because at this point in my life, I was becoming a little more woke um with the trends of America and uh you know just basically seeing how the darker your skin is kind of the less desirable you are uh, as far as beauty is concerned we're getting it's it's it's, it's a little different now that's why I want to talk about it <laughs> right but i just feel like oh, is it a coincidence that a man who is really dark skin only wants to date light-skinned women no. on top of this ideology that the lighter you are, the prettier you are, the darker you are, the uglier you are. And I remember having that conversation. He was like, nah, that ain't what it is. Nope, it is. Uh, I've always been like this. You know, that's always the answer. I've always been like this. No. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. Like, that doesn't mean that you were in condition. Uh, you may not have been aware that you were in condition, but, you know, if that's the only thing we see on TV, you know, it just got to a so point that's where- that's the only thing you were around. Don't think you're around, but I just feel like it. You know, there's this promotion of lighter skin, and it's still it's still happening to this day. Uh, the colorism is a thing, um, and I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think about the standard of beauty? Or well, let's go all the way back to slavery. <laughs> yep, we're talking about it because you want to, especially in the in the construct of the world. We talk about colorism, but before there was colorism, you got to go back to Jim Crow 
you got to go back to slavery when if you were a a light-skinned woman you were treated better than dark-skinned women by your by the white slave owners if you was light-skinned you were in the house and whatever your job was that's what it was if you were of darker skin you were in the field that's just how it went now fast forward if you are treated better as a light-skinned woman or a light-skinned person even back in that day that was the standard and so fast forward all these years later and it's still a thing why because that was the foundation set in this country yeah at the end of the day that was that was the standard that was set that light-skinned women were more beautiful than dark-skinned women in this country you see it on tv you can't turn the tv on and not see it do you think that you're still like have you ever been conditioned to believe that yourself? i've dated many 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 <laughs> many many of women uh and actually no i haven't but <laughs> no, honestly though because my surroundings was always diverse so i've been around light-skinned women dark-skinned women Hispanic. Have um, you ever had a preference for light or dark? No. Okay. Never. Okay. That's good. Now, I had a preference if your breast stank and stuff. <laughs> like, if, your, if, your one, if you had, that. like, one tooth, like, she cute, but that eye's a little droopy. Okay? I think I did. I mean, I honestly... I think I think I did. I think at a point of time, it's not that I'm like, oh, I only want to date light skinned guys, but I think I at a point of time I did feel like they were more handsome or more attractive, uh, mm -hmm. and I think it's just because that's what I was taught. You know what I'm saying? Like, the light, the lighter you are, the better you look. You know, like, hmm. um, I don't know. I just think that that's what we're you know conditioned to believe. Like we, that's all we see. Like even if we just watching TV, you know. The, the pretty girl um, in high school that everybody want is light skin. Is light skin, yeah. Um, so. And you kind of see that narrative changing now. Exactly. And I, that was going to be my next question. Not like. What do you think is changing that? You think we just becoming woke and we like. I don't even think it's becoming woke. I think, at least not in the black community, I think <laughs> we are. Well, this is only exists in the black community, Dave. I mean, I don't know if it exists in other ethnicities. No, it didn't. It didn't even start in the black community. It started with white people. White people treated light-skinned people better, and so black people were conditioned to believe. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. Um, however, I think that um, the narrative is changing to appreciate all different colors of our black skin. Yeah. Like, I've dated beautiful dark-skinned women. I've dated beautiful light-skinned women. To me, it doesn't matter. What matters is, are you a good person? <laughs> For sure. At I the mean, end uh, of the day. but To a normal um, person, yes. But sometimes we don't even know, like, okay, I'm more attracted to you, and I'm, I don't even think about 
why I'm more attracted to you or why I don't, you know, because, you know, people have types. But it's like they sometimes do. you got to look at your type and be like, why, why is, is it type like that? Why is this the why only? Why do you only like mixed girls? Why is this I the know only men thing? that only like mixed girls, the whitest black girl. That's what I call mixed girls. And, and it's, I'm not, not, it's not a bad thing I'm, right. to We're talk not saying, about that, but I'm just saying yeah. if you only like them, that to me is like something to question in my, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I like black girls, just the ones that's less black than the rest of them. True. So to me, that's a that raises eyebrows for me. If you just happen to date a mixed girl, that's different. But to only want a girl, a black girl that has white in her, to me, raises questions. Hmm. Um, so that's why I wanted to bring it up, talking about the standard of beauty. And like I said, my next question was, you know, do you think it progressed or digressed and why? I think it's progressing, but I only think it's progressing because... Um, for two reasons. One, I think white people saw after a while black people appreciating each other more, despite whether you're dark skin or light skin. And then white people were like, oh, we got to jump in. We got to start putting it on TV. We got to start because you see more dark skinned women in lead roles. You see more dark skinned women um, getting more opportunities. Um, but I believe because black people have always been the, at the forefront of success everywhere. Yeah. And so you see, they see us celebrating each other. So they don't want to be left out because they're scared to look like a racist bigot. So yeah. um, whatever their intentions are, they're going to jump in because we lead the charge in everything. Do you think it's wrong to like uh, be intentional about only dating darker skin because of the oppression of, of dark skin people? So it's kind of like it's not like a pity thing, but it's kind of like I'm I want to condition myself to love dark skin. You think that's a bad thing? Yeah, because it ain't real. What's not real? If you're like if your natural instinct. If you're doing it... But what's natural if you're taught in your condition? Well, my thing is this. It's like, if you're only doing it for the sake of being like, uh, you know, I haven't been... I've only been dating light-skinned women for so long. <laughs> I've only been attracted feel, to light-skinned feel, women. I feel bad. Let me go. Date a dark skin. It don't have to always be, I feel bad. It's just more so like, oh, I've realized I think light-skinned people look better. But I see now that that's not the case. And I also see that there is an oppression on darker skinned people when I think they're beautiful. So now I'm being more intentional about loving dark skinned people. And I'm asking you if you think that's bad. I, I think it's bad. It depends on why. why. Why all of a sudden change? I guess just... I guess for a, on a personal, if you're personally realizing that, oh, I only like this person, and I'm realizing like, well, if it's something that you're like internally, like, yeah, like you know I'm, what? I, I, I notice oh, no, that I I'm this type bad. of person. No, I don't think it's bad. Okay. No. Well, I guess it depends on your intention, but yeah, what's your answer? Do you think it's bad? I don't know. <laughs> True. I really don't know sometimes because um, I mean I mean honestly I'm, I'm talking about myself that's why I'm asking that um, 
I, I didn't, I don't feel like I've only liked light-skinned people, but I, like I said, I did feel like, because I've never been the type of woman um, where I had these standards that I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't feel like I had look standards. So yeah, I would probably date a dark-skinned man, but that doesn't mean I didn't think a light-skinned man was more handsome. So I want to point that out. Um, just because I date you doesn't mean I think there's not, you know, there's not a light-skinned man more handsome than you. I just decided to date you. Uh, but even just being more attracted to a light-skinned person, for me, knowing what I know about colorism and, you know, how we were taught to do that, that makes me not want to be that way. And that makes me want to look more towards the darker skin people make it made me more attracted to darker skin um because i was so attracted to lighter skin hmm. um and i don't know if that's a bad thing or not but i think that's just a that's just a result of what happened um from me being like oh you know seeing a light skin man you know with a beard whatever that was just you know the most handsome thing in the world but a dark skin man with beard might get looked over you know but now it's like it's different. It's kind of the opposite, I guess I would say. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. Uh, but I don't feel like I've ever, I don't know if it even matters because I don't feel like I would ever, it would ever really play a role like in who I end up with. Uh, it's just something to think about as far as me being attracted to, you know. Yeah. I mean, so, it's a, it's a yeah. good question. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's a bad thing or not, but it kind of reminds me of, of how Umar Johnson be talking about how. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Umar Johnson's so funny, but he he be saying some truth. I don't I don't be getting into all of it, but he 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 would he he would talk about black marriage and like mm -hmm. how you know don't date outside your race basically. Be mm -hmm. intentional about that. If you fall in love with a white girl, oh well, she you can't marry her. Um, I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. I'm still on the fence about that because I understand where yeah. he's coming from. I do too, because he's um, taking it from like build the black family exactly. And so I, but, and I agree, I think. I think so too. But I it's think just, the it black family should be For built. a person that's black and in love, but, soulmate with a white person, it's like, you can't tell them that they doing something wrong. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's just. Unless they're like, I only date white women because black women crazy. You're then right. something's wrong with you. <laughs> with you. At you, the man. Something's wrong. But I think that. If you are, if that's all you hung around as a kid and you grew up around that, you went to school with white people and that's it. I mean, that's what you just been around. I don't think it's intentional. It's just that's all you've been around. Yeah, because I, I remember I was talking to a, a black guy about that at my job, uh, old job. And he was talking about that. Like, yeah, I only date white girls, but I went to Indian Hill. So what do you expect Absolutely me to do? <laughs> you only date white women. What? And I'm like, you know what? You're right. It's I, true. Where are you going to find a black girl at? You ain't going to find her. <laughs> In Indian Hill. Nowhere near. You know, he called them snow bunnies. Like, what? See. Nowhere near. <laughs> like, I dated snow bunnies my whole life. Well. It'd be like that. So, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, too. Like, we have to understand environment plays a role in a lot of this stuff. Like, we can't just say... You know, that's, and that's the thing about Umar Johnson. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but how do you say that to the black man that grew up around only white people? He's going right. to fall in love with a white girl. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know. So that's why I, I try not to be so wrapped up in all of that. Like, yeah, if you have a chance to date a black girl, I think you should over a white girl. 
as a black man, and I think the same for black women. I can't take him seriously. <laughs> Some of the stuff he say be, you know. Because it's like. It's not everything. Uh, doesn't he have like multiple wives or something? Yeah, I, I think he's a polygamist. Yeah, I can't. He's I a polygamist or whatever. I can't take him seriously. <laughs> I really can't. Right. So what's black marriage to you if you're a polygamist? What is marriage? I, I don't even understand marriage and if it's not monogamous. But that's another conversation. Um, so we could talk <laughs> about unrealistic standards or expectations. Do you have any before I? I used to. <laughs> I had a whole. I had a whole had? list. <laughs> you had to have, like you had to have long hair, and you had to have like all your teeth. <laughs> okay, that's not a realistic expectation. <laughs> you had to have all your teeth. You would date a you woman that don't have all her teeth. I mean, she missing she the had, tooth. <laughs> some people do. I mean, Where? <laughs> you never know. People missing teeth? Probably. I'd be scared. I didn't um, get it fixed. I don't know. Maybe she got hit by something when she was a child. She just got a tooth missing. Well, I, I guess what I mean is, I guess there's nothing wrong with missing a tooth. I, I, I don't feel like I meet a lot of people who don't have all their teeth. I don't know. Or they just uh, look like they got all their teeth until you really get close to them. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe. And yeah. You I see that jar like sitting that. on the side <laughs> of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Put, so put them teeth. Oh, <laughs> my God. I would run out the house so quick. What if she was everything though, and that was the only don't thing? Care. What <laughs> she was everything you ever I, wanted in a woman. I but don't <laughs> care. You're I promise you, I would run out the house. It's over. You're not in love no more. <laughs> I just <laughs> I can't watch her do it. I would. It would just be like ugh. See, that's the thing like, about standards too, y'all, because it's like. We can have all these things, but that one is that one thing. And sometimes you don't even know what your standards are until you are in front of it. Like for me, if I ever (laughs) saw a woman take her teeth out to eat and we on a date, no, no, uh uh-uh, date's over. No, thank you. So Mm -hmm. your unrealistic expectation was looks. So do you you still have expectations for a certain look? Like, yes, I'm sure you have to be attracted uh, to her, but does she have to look a certain way? You can't be taller than me. That's the only thing. (laughs) You you actually have real (laughs) real standards over there. (laughs) You you just can't be taller than me. If that makes me shallow, okay, but okay, (laughs) I am who I am. Um, (laughs) I just don't. And see, I don't uh, have that. Right. We're good. Um, I don't have that. I don't have. I mean, I guess I couldn't like date a midget though, but <laughs> that's messed up. You I can't call say them that. midgets no more. Oh, what you call them? Little people. Oh, little people. <laughs> you can't say I that. I did not mean no harm by that, but <laughs> I don't know so the extremities. Funny. Yes, but like I don't have that. I don't have looks standards or like. I don't know. You don't? I don't think I do. Are you sure? I do have to be attracted to you, but I can be attracted to people that I'm not physically attracted to initially. I I can be that way Hmm. because I'm more attracted to you. Yeah. I am more attracted to a person than the look of a person. And because I ain't going to lie to you, it's kind of hard to find it all. (laughs) It's true. It's very true. I think for, for me, like it starts physical. 
but after like two conversations, I'm like, mm, no. Yeah, because you'll. No. How many times does that happen? You find somebody that is fine, but when you talk to them, you're what? Like, no, nah, the elevator don't reach the top flow. It's like. You can't do it. We, no. I'm good. Absolutely not. Um, so that, and I think just going, uh, being a woman, like we, listen, that's very hard to find the entire, oh, he's fine. He's this, he's that. Not saying I'm going to give up on trying to find that, but that's hard to do. Mm. So I'm not, I guess maybe I just kind of allowed myself to not think about, uh, to think about what's more important to me instead of what I ha- me having to check all the boxes I only have this small box that needs to be checked. Everything else can kind of right. waver. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So I just wanted wanted to talk about standards as far as looks because we're not gonna act like we don't have them. Me personally, we absolutely do. I do feel like I have to be attracted to you. Um, yeah. But I don't feel like it needs to be like to the extreme. Like I don't know. It doesn't have to be initial. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It could be something that happens because you're just a dope person. Yeah, like, for me, um, it's just like, I, you have preferences. Like, I like a woman to keep her nails done. Keep keep your toes right. If you don't, it just throws me off. <laughs> I don't know. Easy fixes, too. You know what I'm saying? For you would think so. Some people, it ain't. Oh, some people just got messed up feet, I guess. Yes. But I mean, so you can file it down and get the corn Mm-mm. out. <laughs> I don't know how to work. I don't know how that works. Nope. <laughs> See, I personally hate my feet. So me getting my feet done, I don't care how broke I am. My feet is going to be done. Okay. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just telling you right now. Just keep them You going. in a relationship with me and we down to our last $20. I needed an extra thirty dollars to go get my feet done. Don't okay? get it done. Keep them, keep them right. You don't have to put our account in right negative. Keep, Trust keep me, right to put it back it in here because I'm getting my feet done. My nails, I get my nails done now, but I don't, I don't really, I don't really care if I don't keep my nails done. Like I'm cool with just getting a little clear polish on them or whatever if that's what it comes down to. But my feet is non-negotiable. It's going to stay done. Well, bless the Lord, because. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Everybody ain't that way. Jesus died on the cross for your feet to get done and stay done. Amen. Tell me how I feel. Be on the fire. Tell me what's the deal.